again for another episode of Real True Facts. My name is Willow Rosenberg. And I am George Went. Not that one. Not that one. On today's show, we're talking all about secrets, so hide your diaries. I have. I hid my diary before we started. <laughs> I don't know why, but I had a feeling you might say something like that. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to be all cute with it, you know, because today's show is actually kind of uh, tense. You know, it's, it's sort of like a, a tense and almost violent subject. I love secret societies. <laughs> I like all of them and uh, everything they possibly represent. Okay, so we'll, we'll just... have a good we'll have a good like uh, spectrum here because I'm terrified of secret societies. But if you love them, then we'll. Oh we'll, yeah, we'll I think they're good... they're necessary for the advancement of society. I mean, all great civilizations are really based uh, and built upon secrets, uh, uh, secrets, and then secret societies. So, I, I think they're necessary. Okay, cool. I I think they're scary, and we shouldn't have them anymore. So this will be fun. We uh, we tried to find somebody to talk to about. Secret societies, we, we have guests, as you know, uh, but I have found that people in secret societies are very reluctant to do that. So it's really wonderful that this week we are really need to look no further than uh, George and myself, our co-hosts, and our uh, sexy science bad boy, Dr. Seymour. We'll bring him in and, and we'll have like a, a fun little debate on secret societies. Well, as it turns out... Um... You know, when they start talking about them and divulge everything, it's no longer a secret society. That's that's true. So that's one of those unfortunate, uh, one of those gotchas, one of those, <laughs> those gotchas when it comes to secret societies. Yeah, I think they they hide their activities, but they maintain a public presence. So even though we don't know what they do, we still know that they exist and it's almost like um, a game to find out how to get into one. Yeah, so we'll talk about some of the the, the uh, more known secret societies and some of the lesser known secret societies and uh, get into the why. Um, but before that... And now it's time for the... UFO Report. So this week, uh, there's been some big news. Uh, it's been on all the, uh, all the big outlets uh, that report UFO <laughs> news. So all of them, every single news outlet. Yeah, a, not only the UFO outlets, but uh, the big difference is this time it's hit uh, hit the mainstream, the CNNs. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with CNN, but I've heard that they are a popular, well-known news source. It stands for like Cool News Network or it's it's but Central. I've heard, of it. I've heard of it. Yeah, Central Network and, and news yeah. type type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the the big thing is everyone's heard of CNN. Everyone likes yeah. CNN. They're, it's they're like the Facebook, group. but for television. For news, yeah. yeah well, for news. Facebook is the Facebook of, of news. Yeah. I mean, if you read it on Facebook, it's probably true. Yeah, that's like the main one. Um, yeah, we should, uh, you know, maybe at some point we'll just go on Facebook and get all of our information there. We um, should. But this comes out of CNN Washington Ooh. and uh, and the State Pentagon. or D.C.? Oh, oh, D.C., okay. Yeah, and so not just uh, Washington, but uh, a building there yeah. that has multiple sides. And uh, so the Pentagon released some videos, and uh, they're they're saying that um, you know they're unidentified and they're objects and they're flying. So I don't know what other explanation there is for this. Well, did you watch the video? N- not necessarily. Not in the traditional viewing of the moving images. Not visually. I, right. Not necessarily. But I did notice that it existed. Emotionally. Um, yeah. You know me. I I just kind of move on. Sure. I'm not big into reading. You're or just a sponge. Watching. You're a sponge. You absorb the information. You don't really need to take it in any other way except just like have it around you. Yeah. Know that it's there. That's yeah. good enough for me is to yeah. know that it's there. Um, did you have to watch them? I did. Because you know me. I'm the uh, secret sleuth here. I'm the, a junior... Uh, science squad member myself so i uh definitely watched it uh i read 
some of the blurbs about it. They didn't really have much to report on because it's like proof is in the pudding. It's like they released the video. That's really all we need. So I did watch it. Um, I felt very validated when I saw it. And it just made me excited thinking that it's one step closer to uh, making contact officially. Yeah. Yeah, it was a sigh of relief. You know, yes, I saw that. Yes. <sighs> finally, you know, when a, finally. Yeah, when a major news network reports on things like this and actually acknowledge acknowledges the existence of these things, it's just sort of like, a, like you said, a major sigh of relief. You just go, oh, like, of course. Thank you. Like, my life's work has has not been in vain right and and the big thing is people oh well it's just probably weather balloons no so no we know the what next those look part like of this now. yeah the next part of this is that so they also recognize they said well we can release this information because it's not our classified information this isn't ours yeah we don't have this is isn't our programs uh, but then uh you know all the uh, the insiders say well we don't have this technology. We can't do this. So if sure. we're not doing it, developing it, but it's crazy, what then what is it? it and if it's not coming from the United States, where else would it be coming from? Yeah, I don't even think they have flying machines in most other countries. No. I mean, I know Russia did that many years ago, but I doubt they have any sort of flying machines identified or not. If they did, people here would be talking about that stuff more. But right, we would know, and we, we would have. We don't talk about other countries, so it, it's obviously not happening. So I think it's a way for our government to uh, kind of tacitly endorse the fact that aliens exist. Sure. I think it's, I think it's there, and uh, it's, it's uh, like you said, the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious chocolate pudding too. Let me ask you this: Do you think that this is our government throwing us a bone, or do you think? that this is just they're still hiding things oh they're still hiding things because we know it goes much deeper than this but this is almost this is almost damage control as things are bubbling up and uh simmering uh the pot is beginning to you know the lid's kind of coming off and it's going clack clacka clacka it's on the stove and it's boiling over so they have to release that valve you know the steam release valve um and this is some of that information coming out of the valve it's just bursting out you know the government is just shoving this at us through the valve so it's um uh, yeah, it's a way for them to say, okay, 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 calm down, don't storm our facilities. Because sure. um, so that's going to happen. Yeah, here's a taste. Here's a little taste. Um, I think this is just the beginning of all sorts of new information that we're going to be uh, finding. And I think very shortly, we're just going to have more and more sightings, more official videos come out and uh we're all we're all in for it i think this is going to be really good i am one of those people we know this from previous episodes i've talked about this that i believe that uh the aliens or whoever you want to call them i think they are here they're going to come in peace i can't wait to make contact and if this is the beginning of that process i am just so excited yeah, I mean, uh, back in uh, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, the head of uh, the secretive program, he said, yeah, I don't think we're alone. Um, and, uh, you know, all his program disappeared. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that was Luis Elizondo. Yeah. So he kind of uh, got the, the argument reignited. And now, um, you know, now we have some um, some CNN right here in our yeah. faces. Yeah. Wonderful. So excited. There is absolutely no way we are alone. And uh like most things, we will continue to monitor this and we'll bring you the latest breaking news from our uh, UFO headquarters. And if uh, and if you listeners out there have any hot tips, um, UFO or otherwise, I believe we have an email address and an Instagram to, to contact contact us is that correct are these secure uh secure lines of communication completely 100 real and secure it is uh real true facts mail at gmail.com send us all of your tips we or things you want us to look into more that's all we do our job is uh public service like we have said and uh we're gonna look into everything for you this is what we do all day every day it makes us so happy to do this so if you have tips you want us to look into ufos or otherwise you uh real true facts mail at gmail uh instagram is 
at uh, Real True Facts Graham. Right. So like she said, uh, you know, uh, we can start our research team on it and yeah. uh, Willow and I will, you know, stand back if we can. She won't. She'll get deep into the research. I'll, <laughs> I'll take read. A look. I'll read. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll know that it's there. George and, sends uh, me articles and I read them for him. Yeah. And read them and translate what they say. Yeah. I say, look, I, look, did you see that this existed? Yes. And, and uh, I read it. <laughs> yep. And then she goes right in. Yep. That's it. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, going to take a quick break, I guess. Are we going to do that? Should we say that? Yeah, we should take a little break. Want to take a little breaky boo? Let's take a break and we'll be right back. And we're back with Real True Facts from a short break. And we are talking about secret societies this week. And uh, Willow is a, a little hesitant because, you know, they can be scary. They are secretive. And I'm excited because I, I really enjoy secrets. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about some different secret societies and what, uh, I mean, what does it all mean? So, I mean, maybe that's a good place to start, right? I think it is. Um you know, we know their their clubs and their organizations um, that uh, have activities that are concealed from non-members, and right. so they just they don't want to be known. So we, yeah, we should figure that out. Um, so I think because I'm a very jumpy person, I, I I'm not the best expert on this by any stretch, but I know who is. So let's bring Dr. Seymour in up from our science bunker here. I got I, I already downloaded the mainframe, so we're, we're just doing some light hacking right now. And we'll bring in Dr. Seymour. Are you with us? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Good good day. Good evening. George. Yeah. Welcome back. So, Doctor, we, you know, uh, first things first, you know, a secret society is, you know, a club that's hiding stuff from, uh, from everyone. Right. Or, um, you know, is that the case or is there more to it? Uh, where, where, what are the origins of secret societies, you know, put on your, um, archeologist anthropologist hat. And, uh, what do you think? Yes. Um, so modern secret societies, um, serve all sorts of purposes, but as you said, it is about hiding a secret. And, um, if we want to look at the origins of secret societies, sometimes people will pick, um, different main points in history, the Renaissance, sometimes the Industrial Revolution, different things, but it goes much further back than that. Um, so societies in, a society in general is uh, very close to the definition of culture, but a group um, working together towards some means or end. And there's evidence of secret societies going all the way back to the um, hunter-gatherer societies um, that from not just hundreds, but thousands of years ago. Wow. So, okay. So we had groups or tribes or cave dwellers and they were forming smaller groups and, and hiding stuff from one another. Is that, uh, is that uh, kind of on the right track? Yeah. Um, and and it, it seems almost silly to, to think that we didn't know or didn't realize this. I mean, if, if your, if your survival was, centered around um, finding the, the sweetest berries, the, the best food, the best animals to eat, to assume that smaller groups aren't going to break off and keep those secrets to themselves um, seems, seems pretty silly to think that we wouldn't realize that those societies existed, like I said, thousands of years ago. Wow. Yeah. When you put it, when you frame it like that, I mean, because now we barter, you know, we're bartering money and information and digital stuff, but they didn't have that back then. They bartered in food and survival. So, you know, we're hiding secret information from one another, but they're hiding food from one another because that's what was most important to them. Just like money and information is most important to us now. It makes sense that they would hoard the better resources that if they, they didn't want other members of their main tribe to know that they were doing these things. So splitting off into uh, another tribe to hoard those things, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think deep down that is where I have the biggest issue is that 
at its core, a secret society exists to uh, hurt others or to conceal the best resources from other people. And it just seems really scary and dishonest to me. Yeah, I think there are two ways to look at it. You know, are you trying is your are you keeping secrets to to uh, hurt others or to help yourself? You know, how do you draw that line? Because I'm guessing we have finite resources, right? There aren't unlimited resources. So it's almost, uh, you know, uh, I got mine. I got mine. Yeah. And I'm going to get mine, too. Yeah. I'm so gonna then, get so then now I have made a secret society from you. So now I've split off to do my own thing because I don't agree with, with what you're doing. Well, and, you know, maybe there's only one of maybe there's only one apple. Right. Yeah. And I know where that apple is. So I'm not going to tell you because I want it for myself. I got a secret. So, Dr. Seymour, this is anthropology at its core, right? That's, well, yeah. I mean, we sound silly because we're just, you know, fiddling around uh, trying to uh, understand anthropology. Yeah. Right. And um, the, the uh, amazing thing with that is that it's not limited to um, anthropology, um, the study of humans, society, and even secret societies will extend into the animal kingdom to some of the, uh, the more advanced animal groups that, that have a social aspect to them. Um, it, it's the most obvious and most natural is to the primates, the great apes. Um, which live in groups and once again are competing for the same resources with a limited set of them available. Hmm. So, okay, you know, we, we, we have hunters, gatherers, apes and stuff. Let's fast forward here um, and get into some of uh, what we're aware of as maybe more traditional uh, secret societies that are, you know, just uh, that have evolved from uh, from that. Because things have certainly changed since then, but maybe not. Maybe at its core, those principles are still being used today. Yeah, I think today, I mean, even, uh, you know, the Illuminati and the Freemasons and uh, some of those folks, they're, they're saying I got mine. Yeah, and I, I have to admit I am at a disadvantage because the uh, the only knowledge I have of secret societies come from the movie The Skulls. The Skulls, I've Sorry, heard of Paul that. Walker and Joshua Jackson. Yeah, I've uh, heard that movie and that's a thing. Yeah, so, and I know that The Skulls were a real group. It was actually the the skull and bones. I think that was from Yale. And so I think that's what the movie was about. And I think, so, you know, I, I welcome my mind being changed. Like when presented with new information, it is okay to change your mind. So maybe I'll end up changing my mind tonight, but um, you know, to me, these things seem violent, scary, um, unnecessarily sexual, uh, violent, preppy. Mm -hmm. Violent, sexual. And I think uh, you mentioned the the order of the, yeah, the skull and bones. And uh, that right there is where I think for me, they kind of crossed the line of going from, uh, you know, I got mine to, I got mine and a little bit of yours too. Yeah. And I think that might be the thing that, that, because I say I don't like these things, but then when I really think about it, I might like it if I was the one getting special treatment. And I think that's why a lot of people join these things is because they see what they can get. And, um, you know, who, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to be treated in a special way? I think the closest thing I ever got to that was, uh, back in my hometown, I was friends with the Rotary club, the Rotary club. So (laughs) that's like, that's, I mean, I, I don't know much about the Rotary Club, so I assume, I mean, there are probably, are there rituals involved or what? Um... Sort of. I'll, I'll take you on a little uh, trip down memory road for me. I used to run the space that the Rotary Club held their meetings in. So it was all the uh, business owners from the town. That was like a club they get together. Uh, and they said it was like a humanitarian club. They're like a, a service organization. So Seems like they all say that, don't they? Right? It's only, like, oh yeah, we're service. We're humanitarian. And uh, it's all the business owners in the town and um, they would get together and hold their meetings in the space that I operated. And so they honestly scared the shit out of me because the first time they had their meeting there, I saw their like um, ritual procedure to open up their meeting and they, they would start by saying the national anthem. And mm. then immediately after the national anthem, they'd go into singing you're a grand old flag. But okay. but That's... it was it was like acapella. There was I mean, so it was like liberty and justice for all. You're a grand old flag. And like it's 
it, that's weird. It scared the crap out of me. Like, cause when you, you hear the national or the uh, pledge of allegiance, you, uh, you know, stand, put your hand over your heart. Like, okay. And it's sort of like a moment of like solitude and reverence, you know, justice for all. You kind of take a breath and you're like, huh. So I was not expecting to hear like 50 people just start belting out your grand old flag. I almost hit the deck. It was almost like an explosion. And uh, it was very weird. And so I just I got this really like weird feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I think that sort of like tainted these things for me because I just, uh, you know, I didn't know what they were doing. It's like if they're talking about service, but then you have this weird ritual you do in the beginning. Uh, you know, I what else are you doing? That's weird. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I I mean, to me, singing is singing. It just immediately that's a flag. That's a trigger right there. It's saying, and they all okay, knew why? the song. You know, yeah, why are you singing? Why do you all know the words? That's uh, that's a red flag for me. If I'm ever in a group of people and they start singing and I don't know why, or really if they're just singing at all, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, okay, a, what's going on here? Yeah, a grand know. old red flag, more like it. That's, that's more a like, one. yeah, more like um, a grand old, you know, right? Yeah, get out of there. Mm-hmm. Which is what I did. I, I left after that. But, um, you know, and they were just kind of catty anyway, so. But that, that may have just been their personalities. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, other than the Rotary Club, I mean, that, that may not be a notorious secret society like Skulls and Bones or uh, Freemasonry or the Illuminati. I think that the other one we were talking about was like the Bilderberg Group. I am fascinated by the Bilderberg Group. <laughs> Tell me all about it. Because they are one of the more modern era, you know, they only started not too long ago in the 1900s, I think only maybe like the 50s, uh, 40s, 50s, 60s. And uh, and they're a real thing, you know, they can be verified and uh, they have these conferences and they're the world elite. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, it, it kind of initially you think, okay, it's the rich and powerful who are just controlling the world and they're having these meetings. But, you know, I, I, I believe that it's not only uh, the rich because sometimes you, uh, you know, you can be powerful and not necessarily be rich, uh, you know, like our, our government. Right. Um, but one thing that stood out about them and many others, they all seem like uh, boys clubs, like a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm bunch of guys and that's uh yeah i mean that's kind of a question for for dr seymour you know uh, how is how are we seeing gender play into this it seems like it's still a huge part of it yes um it definitely um seems like a huge part and interestingly um initially it was the exact opposite at least in humans i mean in other societies um the the male and female play different roles but Traditionally, in the hunter-gatherers, the, the women were the gatherers. That's where the, the bigger secrets came from. But then as, um, as the gender roles evolved, as the power dynamics of the relationship changed, um, the social nature of humans, um, it, it did. It, it flipped itself and, and, then, and then spiraled out of control. I can see that. I can see the hunters and gatherers, the uh, uh, the women in the in the huts in the caves, bartering uh, with men as resources. You know, they they can uh, you know who has the best seed, who can hunt the best uh, animal, deer, cat stuff to eat. Yeah. You know, and they're like, I'll give you two of these, you know, randies for one of your joes. Right. You know, while they're out, like you know the you know they don't know. Trading cards. You're just trading yeah, cards. Resources. And they're keeping that not only a secret from other females, but from all of the males. So I can see how that uh, it was uh, it was uh, totally the opposite of what we um, experience now, where it's just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of old guys, you know, um, you know, trading money and information. Yeah. I mean, as a female, I can tell you that we all, womankind, we belong to our own little secret society, and we might, you know, we might not trade money or anything, but we might trade, like, a look, you know, like we just, you you look at another one and, and you just kind of know, you know, you see a, a fellow female across the street, you kind of give her a little, like, nod, like, in the same way that, like, motorcyclists, you know, kind of nod at each other, like, yeah, yeah, brother, like, you know, kind of give another female a nod, like, okay, like, I see you. I know the yep. game. 
I know. Yeah, that while guys are saying, oh, what? I don't understand. You guys are from Mars and Venus and we're from, <laughs> you know, some other planet. Uh, while you guys are have your own uh, secret language, yeah. that probably dates back to, you know, to before language. It's not even verbal. So, yeah. And if we look to um, all, all sorts of the animal kingdom, the, the male tends to be the more flamboyant, the more um, brightly colored, the louder mm. of these species. And the woman, the female, it tends to be the, the more muted, mm-hmm. the, the better at hiding. So um, it, that, that could have all sorts of uh, ramifications when it gets to the, once we uh, translate that up to humans, where you'd wonder even, is there a network of secret societies run by women, but they're just that much more secret than the societies that we are aware of run by men? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe there is. Who, yeah. who am I to say? That's a that's a really good point, and uh, and I actually I'm curious. I I want to uh, maybe delve into one of these particular secret societies. Um, you know, and maybe go a little bit deeper yeah. so we can almost have a case study. Um, sure. And I think we should maybe we should take a look at that uh, right after a quick break. Sounds good. We'll be right back. back to Real True Facts. We are talking about secret societies today, and I think now we would really like to get into a little bit more depth about one of the secret societies we've kind of uh, glanced at. We just spoke about what a secret society is. We looked at it from uh, an anthropology standpoint with Dr. Seymour, who's still with us. We're going to talk to him more uh, during this segment, but we want to go a little bit deeper into what it means to be in a secret society and some of the traditions surrounding the Freemasons. I think that would be a really great society to delve deeper into. It's one everyone knows about, but maybe we don't really know as much as we think we do, but we have done the research for you. We have the facts, the real true facts. And so let's get into the Freemasons. What's that all about? So Willow, yeah, I know you did a lot of the book learning and things yeah. like that. Um, the one kind of you could call it research, um, but listening to people—that's what I, you know, I got a, uh, some really interesting insights about Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, yeah, it can be called uh, Freemasonry. Freemasonry. Um, yeah, and it and it dates back all the way back to ancient Egypt, right? Um, and that's where uh, you know we see all those symbols um, of the pyramids, mm-hmm. um, a dollar bill, and everyone knows pyramids, Freemasons. Yeah. But what they don't know is that, um, you know, Freemasons existed all the way back then. Yes, they did. Uh, I think my favorite thing about them just comes from the literal definition of their name, Freemasonry. I think, you know, when we're, we're talking about Dr. Seymour, who's talking about uh, resource hoarding uh, between the different species and, and hunter-gatherers, it costs a lot of money to build a pyramid or to build a structure, whatever it is you're going to do. There mm-hmm. were some special people that got those materials for free. They didn't have to pay for that. And so masonry, that's bricks. So they were actually able to get uh, free bricks to be able to build their structures. And so they saved a ton of money. And so they didn't want anybody else to know that. Yeah, uh, I think that's what uh, we actually did an episode on the, you know, the secrets uh, of, of Egypt and, uh, you know, the Great Pyramid of Giza. You know, here, here's the secret. Uh, you know, how much should that cost? You know, like a hundred million cats and rupees and stuff. Yeah. But Freemasonry, it costs nothing. It costs nothing. And as we know from doc, uh, talking to uh, Dr. Lauren Jay, the architect had something to prove. And so I think he may have been able to seek out uh, other means of, of getting these things built. And so he's not going to do it the way everybody else is going to do it. They're going to do it in a special way, in a secretive way. They don't want those plans getting out. So I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that may have been when the Freemasons started was uh, back in that time. 
Yeah, that's really when they kind of uh, congealed uh, and, uh, you know, became an official thing. Yeah. Everything before that was kind of like, hey, uh, I'll do this structure for free. Hey, I have some super secrets. Hey, I, you know, work with aliens and stuff like that. And then that. they're like, oh, this looks really good. Hey, uh, don't don't tell anybody. Don't tell right. anybody. Yeah. yeah, it was just like you said, a nod, a look, a handshake. Mm-hmm. And then around this time, they had these huge structures. They had power structures, you know, physical structures, but also, uh, you know, um, people in place to say, hey, let's actually get this going. Let's make yeah. let's start this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we know how well that turned out. I mean, the pyramids are, are still standing today. Yeah. So it's so. just a testament to how good the architecture actually was. Uh, so. That is the background, more on the Freemasons. I actually have a connection to the Freemasons. My grandfather was or is, was. I don't know if you can ever stop being a Freemason. He hasn't been to meetings in in 30 years, but uh, he actually belonged to the Freemasons, and I saw his handbook once. Right. You can, yeah, you can't, it's not something you can just stop being, uh, yeah. you know, similar to people in the military kind of say the yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, so you saw his handbook. I've not seen a handbook yeah. in real life. I've heard about it and people talked about it and, you know, some of the different, uh, magic in there and people are like, well, magic, that's fake. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I thought too. And it's not, you know, the kind of magic that we, you know, it's not like Harry Potter. No. As they <laughs> say, know. the Freemasons are not not religious they're not magical but of course that's what you would say if that's what you were doing like oh we're not this but then that's what they're doing it's like you can't have a secret society and then trust anything that is being said to a regular person about it right exactly that's something you clean up presence but hide their activities if if they're hiding in plain sight and people know they're there and they say oh this is what we do it's like okay half the people are going to say okay well if they that's what they're doing then then that's what they said but uh but i did see the handbook it's actually a really teeny tiny uh book it's almost like a little pocket notebook and a very very small uh font very small writing with like very narrow columns uh, of all the rules and all of the um uh, little procedures that you have to follow to be in that group. So was there one particular thing that stood out or that you actually kind of, you know, were able to, to read or uh, take a look at, uh, you know, that more than at a glance, was there anything that stood out? I had to use a, a magnifying glass to read it. Cause it, I don't know if that's the official size or if it's just like a pocket version of the Freemason uh, handbook, but the things that stand out to me the most are, um, just some of the rules that they have or commandments. I don't know if, if you call them that, but the just sort of the rules, obviously no women, you know, that was a huge one because sure, women, women can't be Freemasons. I think there are some female chapters of it now, but um, the original Masons, uh, there's you no know, women. Uh, you can't, if you go somewhere, you have to wear the insignia on your person somewhere at all times. So like, if you're wearing a jacket, you have to wear your little lapel pin, but like on the inside of your lapel, so you can just like lift it up really like casually to show somebody or like as cufflinks, you kind of just like hold it up a little bit. Like the insignia has to be on you at all times. Yeah, right. Yeah, like your license plate cover. Yeah, like a license mm-hmm. plate. Uh, if you are a Freemason and you get caught without your credentials or your little, it's just like a gold pin. Um, it's like a tiny little gold pin. If you're caught without that, your membership could be revoked. And uh, there are serious consequences. It just said serious consequences, like all caps, underlined, italicized. So, you know, I, I was just afraid to read more. Um, what else? You have to have your pin on you at all times. Uh, obviously pay your dues. You know, like any good club, you got to pay your dues. Yeah, I've I've read uh, or heard uh, that they're you know, they're like tithing. So you know, people that's how they have so much power. You know, people who rise to power and are very wealthy, they give a percentage of their wealth yeah. to the Freemasons. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize are that uh, the Shriners. Yeah. You know, with the hospitals and the circuses and all that stuff, they're entirely self-funded, um, and uh, through the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of pancake breakfasts. That's a way that they're able to hide is that they provide this service to the community or they, they feed people. And then while people are eating, then they're able to like 
conduct their meetings. Like there's a lot of note passing. There's like, uh, you know, you have your tithings, but it's not regular money. It's like gold coins. So, you know, like how during like Christmas or something, you get like chocolate gold coins. Mm-hmm. That's based off of the money that the Freemasons have. And so right. um, what are the ducats, right? Yeah. Ducats and yeah. cougarans. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's based, based off their money. So it's just sort of like it's almost like the Mad Magazine of like Freemason money. It's a very cheeky way that people like know that they're there. Um, so like if you're on the inside, you know that what a chocolate coin actually means. But um, right. and as it turns out, if that were real gold, it would be worth you know about ten thousand dollars. You know, a chunk yeah. of yeah. And I I don't know what the rate is, but I know that Freemason money never loses value. It actually increases in value as the years go on. So if you are lucky enough to get one of like the real Freemason coinage, um, you're actually getting richer and richer as the days go by. It doesn't right, it doesn't appreciate. Correct. It's made out of gold, but uh, and that's why, as we know, Richard Nixon uh, took us off of the gold standard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everything, all the American money used to be backed by real gold being well, held. There, yeah, there is a thought that that gold was actually mined on the moon during the Apollo missions. Right. And, you know, as we know, you, that they didn't quite have enough time to get all of it. Yeah. So, you know, but uh, it was a, but enough. A, enough. You know, enough to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, enough to make a, a, a big difference. So, you know, uh, Richard Nixon, who was not a Freemason, no. um, you know, he was uh, a bit jealous. So, you know, he was it was a kind of a personal vendetta to take the whole entire country off the gold standard because he was tired of these Freemasons just getting, you know, more and more wealthy from their special uh, currency. Yeah, I think most Freemasons were Kennedy supporters. Oh, of course. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Freemasons. For, now, that's one thing I could not really find out is why they just really seem to support uh, better looking candidates. Yeah. It was an odd thing where they, hey, he's better looking. And they didn't necessarily say, oh, we like his policies. We like what he has to say, what he has to do, what he represents. It was like, uh, that that, uh, Richard Nixon guy has a terrible five o'clock shadow. I think they had a strict, I think they have a strict, like, no uggo rule. So. Now, you know, when you say no uggo, I'm not as hip on the lingo. Uggo means. Like ugly people. Ugly people. Yeah, it's so like that's almost only only hot people can be Freemasons. I think like there, there's there's like a spectrum. It's like are hot or not. You know that phrase like are you hot or are you not? Are you a hero or is you like that's all Freemason lingo that we've adopted. Right. So I imagine them bringing up on the you know the projectors like you see you know oh, do we want this one or or not. Yeah. And I I think that's almost gets back to the uh, uh, the whole anthropology aspect of um, you know uh, a better looking people uh, part of the secret societies are they being recruited why you know what does that have to do with anything um do we have can we ask dr seymour what's the deal with with uh you know good looking people being uh actively sought at or uh, sought after for secret societies is that a is that a real question I, I, it is, it's a wonderful question um the uh it is there, there's a couple different um, biological or it's really evolutionary biology um, here where uh, we think that all humans are on e- equal footing in terms of some things or, or we're told that that's not true. There are advantages that some have over others and looks we pretend that looks are, are just that just look no they they are much more than skin deep. I knew it. Um, yep. They it leads to um, a lot of other advantages in terms of lifespan, in terms of health, in terms of other things. And for a secret society, the the natural reason to look or to seek out beauty is that it's much easier to trust a, a pleasant looking, positive, beautiful face. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, well, yeah, I, oh, go yeah ahead. I trust better looking people. I mean, I guess it's and uh, so as it turns out, they are more trustworthy and they have uh, biological ad- advantages other than just being more uh, attractive on the outside. Uh, yeah. And it, it's kind of something, you know, like that's passed from one generation to the next. They, they are not necessarily more trustworthy, but they have been more trusted. And as that passes from one generation to another, they get better and better at holding those secrets in just just like if you could 
breed a certain animal, a dog maybe, for its traits or its ability to, to sniff something out, you can breed a human for its ability to hold something in. Wow. So, wow. So uh, trust is evolutionary. And, uh, you know, secret societies are helping kind of breed uh, this this uh, create this breed of human that is beautiful and uh you know gradually getting better at holding trust yeah i mean take a look at paul walker and joshua jackson stars of the movie the skulls they were preppy blonde wealthy i mean these are just things that we notice in actors but these are things that we know are happening in these societies and that these people were sought out to be in these societies based on those things Right. And that's a little known fact that Paul Walker is actually, you know, rest in peace, was a Freemason, um, you know, because he was so good looking. And and I mean, you look at the guy who thinks uh, I don't trust him. I've never met anyone who's ever said that. I've never met a person who says I don't trust Paul Walker. Yeah, not never. once. Never. No. I mean, no, never. Uh, Joshua Jackson, I believe he was in uh, the uh, actual Order of Skull and Bones. And so he really wanted to do this movie to uh, to really like pay tribute to the group that right, brought like, him. Right, um, like John Travolta in Scientology, which, you know, while it's called a religion, uh, I think it's pretty much, you know, uh, as close to a secret society as you mm-hmm. can get. Um, yeah. Which yeah. you brought up earlier, you know, religion and these secret societies. They say oh, it's not really based on religion, but um, you know, as it turns uh, out, <laughs> as it turns out, it is. And what I think one of the most interesting things about Freemasons, uh, you know, they they always talk about worshiping a higher power. You know, yeah. from some of these folks I, I've talked to throughout the years, and um, a higher power, a higher power. And one time. Uh, it was he was an older gentleman and he you could tell he was just having fun. He was having fun in his life and he wasn't interested in holding back anymore. Yeah. And he mentioned um, higher power. He hinted at at uh, not only higher power uh, celesti- or um, you know, uh, religiously, but also celestially like uh like uh, higher power as in other beings. Sure. Um, and I was like at first, you know, okay, other beings from other worlds, that's a little ridiculous. You would worship those or pay tribute to those. And I thought it was silly until I remembered the pyramids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have definite proof of there being an alien influence during the construction of the pyramids. Right. So I we know I think- that higher power exists. Right. And I so I think it's true. I I don't know. There isn't any other reasonable explanation. You know, the Freemasons uh, do, um, you know, pay tribute to and worship aliens. Mm -hmm. And I don't think uh, I don't think the general public may I don't think they may realize that. Yeah. I mean, I have asked my grandfather so many questions about the Freemasons and he always sort of brushes me off a little bit or he kind of gets this like faraway look in his eye and he'll like, you know, just kind of think, sigh a little bit and then he'll kind of come to and shake his head and, yeah, and say like, oh. yeah, yeah, like yeah. Oh, he'll shake his head and just be like, oh, c- come on, let's go to the kitchen and get a snack. It's like, well, you know, there's there's something there that he he's not telling me. And so when I when I found the um, the handbook, you know, I only had a few minutes with it. I was, you know, looking through a, a dresser drawers and, and they were calling my name from the other room. And I'm like, oh, oh, just a second. And I'm just wrestling through, kind of flipping through it. It's like the things I saw in that handbook were so interesting, just a few rules, but there were, there were also maps. There were things that looked like schematics. Now, there, when you say maps, was, were they, you know, like uh, earth? like earthly maps or are we talking maps of stars or what what kind of maps do you think they were definitely on the ground it looked like interesting it looked like one of those um uh like when they do the maps like terrain and they have the different elevations of the mountains so you you can see there was like mountainous ranges and you know little dash lines and like little x's everywhere uh, maybe a code um it could have been hieroglyphics i'm not sure it looked like it was a little bit smeared, you know, maybe had gotten wet with water right. or tears or who mm-hmm. knows, you know, um, you know, maps, blueprints, um, 
codes. I mean, there were a lot of different things in that handbook and, and you know, they, I was in the room and, and I had the door locked and they were, you know, jiggling the, the handles. Like, come on, we gotta go. And, you know, you, you see the handle shake and, you know, oh, one second. And then you, you put it back and you, you hide it underneath some socks and shut the drawer. And then you, you look up over the, the dresser drawer and you see your reflection in the mirror and you just the, the look on your eyes when you, you make eye contact with yourself and, and you think god what have i just seen you know it's, and then, then you gotta go then you gotta brush it off like, like you've never seen anything and then go out and go about your day and say oh, <laughs> oh i was just brushing my hair <laughs> so. yes indeed um uh, and I think it all falls into place when you talk about seeing all these interesting things in the in the book and then, you know, uh, trustworthiness and famous Freemasons throughout history, all the all the, the huge impact that they've made and the, you know, quote unquote discoveries, you know, maybe they were discoveries for humans. Maybe they were discoveries for humans, but not, um, you know, uh, aliens, right? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, well, I, I, know I know some of the more famous members. I mean, it was definitely Kennedy. Yeah, Sir and, Newton. I mean, you know, gravity. Hey, yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know all the, the astronauts from the Saturn program. They were all Freemasons. Yeah, at least, at least Saturn. Yeah. Um, you know. King Edward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at people that have died in mysterious circumstances. You know, we'll just we'll stick with the '60s. I mean, with um, uh, you know, Rebel Without a Cause. James Dean was James a Freemason. Dean was a Freemason. Marilyn Monroe was a Freemason. Yeah, who uh, and and a good Mama Cass. Uh, Freemason test is, you know, have you ever heard anyone say, "I don't, I, I don't trust Marilyn Monroe. I would not trust James Dean." No, they no, are good that. looking. You yeah. trust them, and you know what? Uh, they made a difference. They did. I'd like to ask Dr. Seymour because this is sort of a question that that arose when I was looking through uh, all of the Freemason materials. Um, there's such a fine line here, but what is the difference between a secret society and a cult? It's almost a uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder situation in many in many cases. Um, the, the cult is seen from outsiders as exclusively negative, um, whereas um, outsiders can still sometimes ascertain some positive value out of the secret society. Um, another main difference is the leadership. How many, how many leaders are there? A secret society um, is still a society, and that means that even as you go up the, up the ladder, up the pyramid, um, probably more appropriate here, we don't get to a single point, whereas cults um, traditionally do have a, a single figurehead. Um, and that's where some of the, that's where things can um, get a little bit more um, into the let's say the decisions made by the one person can um, can negatively benefit or can negatively benefit. Pardon me, can um, be viewed to benefit that person so much more higher than the group where where the cult where a cult even if not intentionally harmful does not have that same positive view towards all members i think uh, for me i think it's uh it does come to that uh the the the, um the point of view how many people uh have you ever heard say i'm in a cult it's always they uh, someone else that person's in a cult Mm -hmm. you are in a cult they are in a cult it's never i'm in a cult um and those so people it, could just be jealous, like, oh, they're in a cult. It's like, well, you're jealous they didn't ask you to join. Right. And it's, uh, you know, and so that person would say, well, no, I'm not in a cult. I'm in a secret society. And uh, and I really do think it uh, comes from the, the point of view. Um, I, I uh, heard some a very interesting uh, speech one time. I, I didn't listen to the whole thing. Um, I kind of, you know, walked in and walked out. But um, he was uh, a speaker. Uh, I don't know what it, you're, it's called when you're an expert in religion, but he was one of those. Like a theologist? 
Yeah, that's what I think. I think it yeah. was. He was a theologist. So, and he said that uh, he thinks that the the word, the term cult, should not exist. That it's mm-hmm. not uh, a fair term to use in any regard because it's it's simply a derogatory term for a religion or a secret society that people don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have people that are doing their own thing, and then you have the haters. Right. The people who don't have theirs. Yeah. So then they got to get theirs and they make their own. So I'll, I'll ask this of, of both of you. Do you think that we are all in our own way in some kind of secret society, whether we know it or not? Oh, Dr. Seymour, do you do you have a, an answer for that or do you want me to go first? I would say, like, I, I want to the um, the scientist in me never wants to say no. You can't disprove something. You can't prove it either. Um, you can't do anything. Science can't do anything, honestly. Prove, disprove, partway prove, partway disprove. Um, but no, we're not. There are people who have either by their own choices, by their physical appearance, um, by their other physical or mental traits excluded themselves from any hope of social interactions. So they are not in a secret society. Mm-hmm. It's like you can be in a club and just not tell anybody about it. So that doesn't necessarily mean you're in a secret society if you just don't talk about the club you're in. Right. I think, yeah, it almost goes back to, it goes back to the eye of the beholder. Um, you know, if you ask me, am I in a secret society? I say, oh, of course. Yes, sure. But uh, but the quote-unquote science may say, no, he's not. Wait, are you in a secret society? It depends on whether you're asking me or science is asking me. I, I, think, I think that's the distinction mm-hmm. when it comes to secret societies. You know, are you asking me or is science asking me? I am asking you. Well, I, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way. Uh, yeah, you know, I better say maybe. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, if I say yes, then you're going to say which one. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I don't know. Um, and then you're going to say, how could you know? How could you not know what which secret society you're not part of? And say, oh, I, I'm just confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could easily see that happening. Huh. But if we look at it from a science point of view, you're not. Sure, sure. We'll just go with that. Right. Yep. That is that is correct. And uh, science is a very good, as Dr. Seymour said, it's a good, uh, it can't really prove anything, but it's a good indicator. You know, and kind of maybe point us in the right direction. That's why I think, I don't want to speak for Dr. Seymour, but that would mean, I would guess that's why he has so many different uh, degrees. And, uh, you know, because not one of them is is really the you know the 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 truth or the one way to go. Is that correct? Yes. Um, the more you study, the more you open yourself up to these things. The more you know that you you need to learn more and, and find not your way, but find the ways. Um, it, it's a, and all roads point. Rome, but really kind of the opposite. If we are in Rome, the roads point everywhere and to take just one seems ill-advised. Right. It depends on where you are. So, George, what's your favorite thing about being in a secret society? You know, I really... Uh, I, I almost, I almost said that I really that. like, I really like the um, the breakfast rolls because they're like, it's almost like they're cinnamon, but I don't, I can't tell because you don't see the brown swirly part that mm-hmm. you know is a visual indicator of cinnamon. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like I feel like I taste that. I'm just not, yeah. not quite sure. But no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Is what okay. I meant to say. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think at this point we might be, we might need a, a quick break before sure. we go to listener, uh, listener mail yes let's do it we'll take a quick break we will be right back we're 
back from a little break on Real True Facts. We're going to go ahead and close up uh, Dr. Seymour's uh, bunker report call us here. We'll say thank you to him. Dr. Seymour, anything you'd like to add about secret societies today? I think we did a, a great job of um, defining and uh, sharing what can be known about such a, uh, a secretive and uh, um, interesting topic. Mm. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, Dr. Seymour. We will see more <laughs> of you next time. Thank you. Get it? <laughs> uh, so let's go into some viewer listener questions. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really curious. I, I, we had some good responses. Uh, we've had some good responses from some of our previous episodes. And yes. I think, uh, uh, so what do we have this week? Uh, so we have received really, really good uh, responses based off of our last episode about the Mothman. Everyone oh, is, yeah, is sort good. of like on bated breath. They want to see uh, if uh, – uh, John Patrick never finds his dad, uh, which we'll continue to monitor. But we've got some questions based on the Mothman episode. Um, and uh, I, I kind of threw this net out there um, just to mm-hmm. engage our listeners a little bit. I asked them uh, if they could ask the Mothman a question, what would it be? Uh, we had a response that uh, asked, uh, what was the Mothman like as a baby? Uh, we don't, we don't, we don't know. But uh, it could have been super cute. I must imagine like a humanoid moth. Yeah, flying or moth a, right, or a, a pupa, right? Right. Like a thing. Yeah, so they, a go, they go through uh, metamorphosis. Yeah, a cute, a cute pupa. Could be super cute. I mean, so we'll, we're we're answering on behalf of the Mothman, obviously. But uh, and then we had another one that just asked, "Do you like nature?" Wow. I'm gonna say yes because he's outside a lot of the time. Oh, the question is: Does Mothman yeah? Does the like, Mothman like like nature? Uh, yeah, I think it's a, a a resounding yes because not yeah. His he has to spend a lot of time outside, but it almost seems like he's a protector of nature. You know, yeah. uh, kind mm-hmm. of a protector of things. Uh, um, because it, it, at first we were thinking maybe he's a you know a, a, the harbinger of doom. I do like saying that harbinger uh, of doom. Yeah, but as it turns out, you know maybe he's uh, doing more protection than uh, doom bringing. Yeah, there's so much that we don't understand, which is why we continue to do our research and bring you the latest and greatest on all these topics. Uh, So since we had a really wonderful response to the Mothman, it it kind of struck me uh, that everyone kind of likes the spooky stuff. So why don't we next week delve more into the spooky stuff and let's talk about something that everybody finds terrifying. And I think you know what I mean. Right. Let's say on, on the count of three. Yeah. One, One, two, two three. three. Poltergeist. What? Big foot. Yeah, poltergeist. Yeah, poltergeist. Definitely. <laughs> I so think next that, yeah, they are indeed spooky and scary. They are, just like all the other stuff that, that you mentioned. Uh, so next week we're going to talk about poltergeist. Um And we would not be able to do that without ghost stories. So if you, dear listeners, have any ghost stories of your own, if you've had any encounters with a poltergeist or the uh, paranormal here, anything you can't explain that, you know, your, your, your books fly off the shelf or there's like lightning in your kitchen or something, um, you know, hand reaches out from the TV to grab you, anything like that, you are more than welcome. And we encourage you to share it to us using our email, realtruefactsmail at gmail.com, or you can uh, DM us on Instagram. That is at realtruefactsgram. Send us any of your stories, any uh, obviously photos that you have. If you have any proof of your encounters, we'll post that on our Instagram site and or page, I guess. Uh, and more people can take a look at that. We'll use that in our episode as well. Yeah, I, I'd like to, you know, maybe we can put some of our resources on some of these photos and uh, and uh, validate them for you because I know that's a difficult task. It is. We'll figure out if they're real or not. I mean, stuff usually is. So uh, please message us. Um, and if you don't have any ghost stories, if you have any feedback, any questions at all, 
Let us know. Any questions you ask have a chance to be featured on an episode of our show. And if we like it enough, we'll do a show about it. You've seen that firsthand. So uh, another thing you can do is to tell your friends. If you enjoy our show, if you love what you hear, spread the word. If you have people that need to learn the truth, tell them this is where you can do it. Real True Facts. You can listen to the show just about anywhere. And that is uh, something that we appreciate greatly. So please keep uh, listening to us. Yeah, and feel free to drop a review on uh, on uh, iTunes podcasts. I think that uh, just about wraps it up. So join us next week. We will talk about poltergeist or poltergeists. Ge- poltergeists. We'll figure out what the plural of poltergeist is. We'll talk about that next week. We'll get really spooky again for y'all. And uh, that will be it for us today. So thank you so much for joining us today in another episode of Real True Facts. We can't do it without you. And dear listeners, keep questioning your world because just because you hear about it or read it doesn't mean it's true. We will see you next time. <laughs>